I'm Charlie Keegan. This is the Central Wigan Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Central Wigan Podcast. This is episode 14 and today we've got a January transfer window review. We're not only going to go through Wigan Athletic players but also the players who've been recruited by the bottom six sides in the championship. I am joined later by Dan WAFC 03, so Dan Stacey from Talking Wigan. He's the one been doing all the sensible transfer articles with his Talking Wigan page and I'm also joined by Gab Sutton as well, who you might know from the EFL debate and his football knowledge of the EFL is, is brilliant, so it's great to have him on. And it's a really good chat that we had this morning. So just to run through the transfers that Wigan did bring in, we brought in six players over January, starting off with Stephen Corker on January the 10th. He was a free agent after leaving the Turkish side. Faith Karagumruk, he's coming on a short-term contract until the, the summer. He's 31 years old from Sierra Leone and plays as a centre-back. Obviously, we've seen him play a couple of times already for Wigan because... He signed at the start of the window and I think he's a really solid addition to this side, not only for his experience, but you know, he's been through the Premier League, he understands the level that you've got to be at and I think he's he's also going to be a great coach to your likes of Jack Watmore and Charlie Hughes. He's a public speaker, he talks a lot about progression and mental health in football, so I think he's going to be great for them. We also brought in Miguel Aziz on January the 10th as well. He is a 20-year-old central midfielder on loan from Arsenal. He was on loan at Ibiza before returning back to Arsenal to then come to Wigan. Didn't really work out there for him, but obviously from the from the cameos that we've seen so far in his two games at Wigan, I think he is going to be quite a good figure for us. Our third player that we brought in is Chris Tiehi. He's a 24-year-old from the Ivory Coast defensive midfielder. He is coming on loan from FC Slovan Liberec. He's going to be here until the summer. He's already featured in a game so far for Wigan. He's played 81 minutes and you know, he rated quite highly. And when he came off, there was a lot of boost towards Colo Torre for him coming off. So I think that as the season progresses, he's going to be great cover in that central midfield defensive spot. Then moving into the deadline day signings that we brought in. Obviously, we brought in Martin Kelly on January the 30th, so the day before. But he's a 32-year-old defender who has predominantly played at right back for his career and also centre back. So he's a good cover for the two of them. I don't think that he's going to be featuring much at left back like a lot what Wigan fans are hoping for I just think that at 32 you're not really going to have the pace that we need down that side or else we may as well just keep James McLean on that side he's coming from West Brom until the summer and again sort of like Stephen Corker I think it's going to be great for coaching Jack Watmore and Charlie Hughes going to be great experience into that back line and will help our defensive coaches as well try and try and get our back line into shape on deadline day we brought in another player from Arsenal's youth academy we brought in Omar Rakik he's 21 years old from Tunisia here until the summer he was at Sparta Rotterdam for the start of this season featured six times but only really as cameos so he's not played a whole bunch of minutes like Martin Kelly's not played a lot of minutes this season so I don't think they're going to be ready for Blackburn but I think Omar Rakit can play centre-back but I think he also got thrown in a couple of times at central defensive mid so I'm interested to see if Maloney also tries to utilise him in that defensive midfield role gives a little bit of a different option and then the signing that I'm probably most excited about is 25-year-old Daniel Sanani from Norwich City he's an attacking midfielder Luxembourg international got I think 50 appearances for the international side here until the summer and whilst in the championship he's got seven goals and six assists in 55 appearances overall he can play a wealth of different positions he can do attacking midfield right winger left winger so 
I'm excited to see how Sean Maloney utilizes him in the team. I would probably like to see him out on the left, Callum Lang on the right, and you know, pick from Charlie White, Will Keane, Talavasgard, anybody in the attacking mid. And then you can probably swap Sanani and Lang as well as the game goes on. So a bit of a different dimension for our attack, which we needed. But he's a player that I'm certainly very excited for. Another player who's going to be included in our squad most likely is not a signing, but a recall from Malone. It is Jordan Jones, who looks like he's going to be coming back from Kilmarnock. I've not seen any official confirmation of it yet, but he should be with us soon. And we've also let... Gwian Edwards go on loan to Ross County where Josh Stones also is. I believe Edwards was in line for a move to Charlton Athletic on deadline day which collapsed. I don't know if it was a, a failed medical or if there's something going on behind the scenes at Charlton but that, nev- that move never happened and post deadline day it was announced that he was going to Malkin Mackay's Ross County. I've also had another boost to the squad today as Tom Pierce and Charlie Wyke have been confirmed back in training. They're on the field and training with the first team. It's great to see Tom Pierce back. He's only had one minute of championship football all season. He's a player that I think will be able to do a job down the left. And, you know, obviously the left back position is what we were crying out for. So if he can go back, hit the ground running, then that's great for us. But, you know, the step up to coming back from injury straight into the championship, into a relegation dogfight, it's going to be big. But, you know, I think he can do it. And obviously Charlie White, we didn't sign a striker in the window, but we did sign Daniel Sanani. And I thought that when we had Nathan Broadhead, the link up between Wilkeen, Broadhead and White was very good. And I think that Daniel Sanani could come in. And if the three of them are going to play together, I think, again, we could see nice little link ups that hopefully will lead to, to scoring more goals. There was also a bit of positive news on Instagram today is Jason Kerr on the same day that Tom Pierce and Charlie White have announced that they've come back into training. Jason Kerr posted on Instagram a picture of him playing with two time emojis next to it so hopefully he's on the road to recovery as well and we can see him before the end of the season so I think overall I'm quite happy with the work that obviously Colo Torre did before he got sacked I think that bringing in TA he Aziz and Corker is pretty good and I think it will come good across the season but then also Sean Maloney coming in and straight away we signed three new players that I do also think that are going to add a lot to this side so overall it wasn't the best transfer window that I was hoping for, but under the circumstances of the run that we've been on, the position that we're in, and probably the funds that are available to us, I don't think it was terrible overall. But I'm going to jump over now to the chat that we had with Dan and Gab, where we look a little bit further in depth at the Wigan transfers, and then we also cover the bottom six of the championship as well. Okay, so today on the Central Wigan podcast, we are joined by Gab Sutton and we are also joined by Dan Stacey from Talking Wigan. We're going to be going through all of the January transfers, not only for Wigan, but for the rest of the championship bottom six as well. So how are you doing, Gab? I'm very well, thanks, Charlie. Looking forward to making my uh, debut on the podcast and um, yeah, excited to have a chat about, um, well, unfortunately, the bottom six of the championship rather than the the top six, but um, should be a good chat nonetheless. Yeah, it's just where we find ourselves, unfortunately, at this point. So, how are you doing, Dan? I'm good, Charlie. Yeah, um, obviously fresh off the back of the pre-Sean Maloney podcast, and now that he's through the door, and some more signings as well. Uh, looking forward to talking about him, just like Gab said. Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's been a really quick turnaround, hasn't it, from Sean Maloney coming in after the sacking of Colo, and then we've had three more players through the door under Sean Maloney. I don't know if he really recruited these plays before I came across but no I'm glad that there was a bit of activity because we weren't really sure where we done when we did the last podcast how many yeah. players we would be getting in but are you happy with the recruits that we've got I know that when you're doing your sensible transfers and you were looking at the January window you were talking about wanting a center back left back center mid and attacking mid and whilst we didn't really get an out and out left back I think that we can't really you know we can't really shove our noses out of joint know what what did happen no, exactly. Well, we've we filled three of those four. Admittedly, we sort of 
then started to need a goalkeeper pretty desperately, which obviously I didn't cover. In terms of the key positions, I think three of the five, which I mean, it's more than 50%, so I guess you could call it a positive. But <laughs> at the same time, the two that we haven't got are probably the most uh, most critical. So, if, if I get three of the five things I need on my shopping list, I'm normally pretty happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But if the other two are bread and milk, then you're... <laughs> Damn it. How do you feel, Gab? As obviously not as a Wigan Athletic fan, but watching the championship, mm. watching where we are and following it, and then seeing the recruits that we have brought in. Admittedly, five of them are loans. One is a free agent, but I think that's just the market that we're in at the minute. How do you feel as an outsider looking and and seeing the the business that we've done? Yeah, I'm a little bit mixed. Um, I'm still trying to work out where I am with Sean Maloney appointment. Obviously, you've kind of covered that in the podcast, the other podcast, but. Um, I, I think there's some of that is about kind of bringing in someone who can galvanise the fan base as, you know, someone who's very popular in his playing days. Um, How much of it is him capable of being a good manager? Because you obviously need that on top of the on top of the sentimentality of it. Um, so I'm a little bit conscious of that because it hasn't necessarily worked out for Maloney as he might have liked in his career so far. Um, in terms of the recruitment, I think Danel Sinani, you know, possibly bumps the recruitment up from a four or five out of ten to a five or six. I think he's someone who can be a good uh, championship player at this level. Martin Kelly obviously brings some experience, although I can't imagine he's played an awful lot uh, recently. Christ, yay, I did some digging on and, um, you know, the reviews on him seem reasonably positive. So fingers crossed on that one. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm not I'm not massively over enamoured with it, but there's been one or two good additions which make you think, you know, that's a, that's a decent signing. But will it be enough? I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, and I think that it is. Obviously, we're going to get into this in a second, but it's interesting then to compare how we've acted in the January transfer compared to other teams. Obviously, Blackpool have also brought in six, Huddersfield seven, Cardiff have only brought in one. So I think that with this being the third and final roll of the dice from the board in bringing Sean Maloney in, we tried with Richardson, they thought it wasn't working. We tried with Colo, that definitely wasn't working. So now they're going to try with Sean Maloney. They've, they've not really spent money, but I also understand that because if we are destined for League One eventually, you don't want to go and splash a load of cash on and trying to bring a load of players in and it not work. So I think that the lone players that we have brought in, like you say, Martin Kelly's very experienced. Whether he's got the legs to to really do it for us, I think he's only played four ninety minutes and then he came on as a one minute cameo for West Brom this season. So he's not he's not really got bags of you know experience this season and obviously up to match fitness. Then you bring in somebody like Stephen Corker, who is a public speaker. He's very vocal about his his role in a side. He's going to come in and he's going to really benefit Jack Watmore, who has struggled from League One to the Championship. So hopefully he can help develop. Charlie Hughes is broken in from the under-21 side. So I'm happy with the experience we've got at the back line. But then, like you say, Christ here, he, it's really, you know, the jury's still out on that one. We don't really know how he's going to react well with the Championship. Miguel Aziz and Omar Rakik, both coming from the Arsenal youth setup. We don't really know how they're going to do in the championship, but you know, it's there's a little bit of excitement there, and, and within the fan base, there does seem to be the excitement. But Dan, when it comes to the left back position, and obviously we didn't really recruit in the striker position as well, but we have brought in Tom Pierce and Charlie White. They're back from from fitness as well. A lot of people are saying, you know, it's going to signal a new signing. Are you happy with the recruits of them coming back into the side? Well, yeah, I mean, it's that sort of classic cliche, isn't it, where they come back into the side and then the management and the board can sort of justify not spending a bit extra money and say they'd like two new signings. And in a way, yes, they are. But at the same time, what's below them is still the same. So if 
they both get injured like they are very capable of doing, unfortunately. We're sort of back to where we started. And yeah, their returns improve the team. But can can you trust them to play every game from now until the end of the season? I would say absolutely categorically no so yeah i'm happy that they're back and if they can play more than half of the remaining games excellent but again i'm not confident that that would actually be the case just yet yeah and i think it's going to be a case of they're definitely not going to be ready for blackburn i don't think which is on 6th of february i think so this coming monday i don't think they're going to be ready for that but you know as the season goes on and as we as we progress i i am happy to sort of have them back around the squad so just to dive through the players around us so wigan athletic obviously bottom of the championship at the moment six wins seven draws 15 losses we scored 27 but conceded 49 so conceding for us has been an awful <laughs> trajectory this season doesn't help when you get battered four one three games in a row. We, we haven't won one in our last five. We've only got one draw in the last five. Blackpool sit one place above us. They've got six wins, uh, the same as us, but they've got eight draws and 13 losses. 28 goals scored and 40 conceded. So they've also been quite leaky at the back. But they have recruited six players, brought in three on loan and three permanent. They brought in Andy Lyons from Shamrock Rovers. I think it was only a minor fee, but he's on a three and a half year contract. Morgan Rogers on loan from Man City. He's a left winger. Josh Bowler, right winger from Nottingham Forest. He's on loan until May, but I think it wasn't he at Blackpool, then got sold to Forest, and then he's been yeah. loaned back. We well, got loaned out to Olympia. Uh, he got um, yeah. So Forest bought him for Blackpool, and then they loaned him out to like Olympiacos, I think, or yeah. somewhere in Greece. I think it was. Oh no, he's ended up back at Blackpool. And now he's at, now he's back at Blackpool. Yeah. All right. Okay. And then they brought in central defensive midfielder Tom Tribal from SV Sandhausen on a free for a one and a half year contract. Charlie Good from Brentford, that's another centre back on loan until May. And Curtis Nelson, centre back from Cardiff on a free for six months. So I think that's a pretty decent set of recruitments from Blackpool. You know, the age range is sort of 22, 20, 23, 29, 27, 29. So there's 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 a broad age range. They've got a bit of youth, a bit of experience. So I think that's good for them. And obviously conceding's been a problem, but they have brought in two centre backs. So Gab, how do you feel that Blackpool have strengthened in this compared to how they've been doing before? I think the the Mick McCarthy appointment is obviously an interesting one to me because I think that's um, a pretty solid bet if you're in a relegation battle. You need someone who can just uh, a steady hand, a firm hand, a steady hand who can sort of lift you out of trouble. And it feels like that gives Blackpool a good, a good chance. Whereas you look at possibly some of the appointments uh, elsewhere, you look at um, Huddersfield appointing Mark Fotheringham. Is that going to do it? Sean Maloney at Wigan, I'm not 100% sure about. Sabri Lemuk at um at Cardiff you know if you're asking me to pick one from those four appointments I'd probably side with Mick McCarthy just because as I say a pretty pretty firm hand but then you look at it and Josh Bowler and Morgan Rogers if they can fit into a you know McCarthy 442 where you've got to be quite a workman like wide man I think that'd be the interesting one from from my point of view are they going to fit into it but then also Tommy Tribal is a very uh, tenacious midfielder so if you can get him and Kenny Dougal as well he's another very tenacious player together then that they're obviously going to cover a lot of ground and Charlie Good is obviously a no-nonsense centre-back. I like that addition as well. So I think of the four teams that I've mentioned there, I think Blackpool have possibly got them, got themselves in into pole position and they'll be hoping to drag some other teams into it as well. But it's not really forgetting as well. They've got Charlie Patino, Jerry Yates. You know, they've, they've got mm. good players there already. So I think that you are right that Mick McCarthy is a veteran in this kind of thing. He knows what he needs to do. knows this kind of side he needs to put together. So I think that he will, uh, he will do well for Blackpool. When you're in this position, the best moves you can make are moves that your relegation rivals look at and think, crikey, that's a, that's a heck of a sign and that's a, 
great appointment. And like we say, of the four teams down there, I think other teams look at Blackpool appointing Mick McCarthy and say, right, they're they're on it now. They're going to really be pushing to stay up. They look at them signing Josh Bowler back. There you go. That's a proven quality player. Mm. Morgan Rogers, Charlie Good, great centre-back. So, yeah, I think they have gone for it better than most down there in terms of the managerial and player recruitment I, I look at some of them signings and I think right they are they improve them massively and do I want to be playing against Blackpool with Josh Bowler in the team no I don't it's a tough one in that sense yeah I think they've done they've done very well and then the place above them obviously they've got Huddersfield Town seven wins five draws 15 losses 25 goals got scored 35 goals conceded they've won two of the last five but you know, they've recruited seven players, five of them on loan, two permanents. They've gone for more of an older age profile. I think the average age is about 29. They brought in two goalkeepers, a right back, two right wingers and a centre forward. And I think the centre forward is Martin Waghorn. He also used to play for Wigan Athletic back in the day. But all of them are going to be out of contract in the summer. You know, obviously the loans are going to be finishing and then they're only short term acquisitions. So that is a it's a big roll of the dice from, from Huddersfield. Gab, how do you feel that they've acted compared to the rest of them. Yeah, I mean, I think on paper, you look at the signing of Anthony Knockhart and I can see why a lot of people look at that and think, you know, that's, you know, a bit like you've sort of talked about with with Blackpool signing um, sort of Morgan Rogers and, uh, and Josh Bowler. I just feel, though, with Anthony Knockhart that he's going to come in on big wages and I don't know if he's necessarily the force he was at this level a few years ago. Now, you might say... You know, if he was, he wouldn't be going to, you know, a team in the bottom six of the championship. But I just have some concerns from that point of view. I have some concerns over how he's going to fit into the demands because Mark Fotheringham works at such a high intensity as a manager. He's incredibly demanding of his players. I'd be a bit worried about the possibility of a burnout. So that will be a bit of a uh, a concern from my point of view. They've lost Sorba Thomas, who hadn't necessarily been in the sort of peak of his form so far this season. But even then, from what I'd shown last season, I don't know if you'd necessarily have wanted to let him go. It'd be interesting to see what Hungbo can do. He's a winger I quite like. But then they've lost Lee Nichols, and it's about whether Vaklik and uh, Jordan Smith can, uh, well, either of them can replace him. But I don't know about Huddersfield. I think they would probably be in my bottom three if I was to, to call it now. Yeah, obviously I need to be a little careful how I speak about Huddersfield because my boss is actually a Huddersfield Town fan. So <laughs> I, really right. keep, no, I really want to try and keep my job. And I know that he <laughs> listens to the podcast now. So I'm going to I'm gonna say that, you know, I think they're going to be safe. I don't at all. <laughs> the next, well, up... if it's just a podcast, you can uh, you can say I think they're going to be safe, and then just shake. Yeah, your head. I'll shake my head whilst I say it. <laughs> <laughs> next up, we have Cardiff City. So they have they have one game in hand, or we have one game in hand over them. Sorry, they've played twenty nine to our twenty eight. They've won seven, drawn eight lost 14, scored 21, which is, I think, the lowest in the championship this season. And they've conceded 32. They haven't won in either of the last five, but they've only recruited one player, which is Sorry Carver from Mitchelland. He's a 27-year-old centre-forward who has four goals and five assists this season with Europa League and also the Champions League qualifying experience. But they brought in, is it Sabri Lamucci is his name? The manager? It, it is, yeah. Yeah, so I think that bringing in a new manager and only bringing in... I mean, they brought him in late as well, like we did with Sean Maloney. January 27th is when he got appointed. And to only bring in one player when you're really struggling as a side and you really need to go up. There seems to be a bit of... Is there a transfer embargo going on at Cardiff as well? Or there are like some that? There are some financial concerns, yeah, which may be part of the reason why they've not been able to get in as many deals as they might have liked. Uh, Sorry, Carver... Um, 
I don't, from what I can understand, he's not someone I've had the chance to do too much digging on, but uh, I don't believe that he's played an awful lot of football over the last year. So to ask him to come into a relegation dogfight and make an instant impression, listen, who knows, he might do, but I think that is a, a bit of an ask. Um, and that's kind of the concern for me for Cardiff City, because I actually think if you, if you were to take away the strike position, I would argue they've got a decent squad. You know, Philogene Biddis, the winger, I, I quite like. Um, I think he's got some uh, some promise about him. Uh, I think they've got some decent midfielders like Ram Wintle, Perry and G. Both of those players were at Pro um, Alexander and showed huge amount of potential there. You've got Romain Torres in the mix. Mark McGuinness recalled from Sheffield Wednesday. Good ball-playing defender. Joe Rawls, plenty of championship experience. So I think... Outside the striker position, uh, Callum Robinson, I've not even mentioned, but he's having to play as a striker because Keon Tete hasn't really uh, cut it and um, they haven't really got anyone else that can be that main focal point. So there's a huge amount of pressure on Sori Carver to be the answer, but it's a lot of pressure on someone that hasn't played a lot of football over the last six months or so. So bit bit of concern there for Cardiff and they probably would be in my bottom three if I was to call it now, with, with Wigan and Huddersfield. Well, they're, they're a team that we lost to at, earlier in the season, but then we also managed to get a draw down, at, well, it was a last-minute draw against Cardiff City with a with a Wilkie in goal. But, Dan, are they a side that you think, obviously we can't play them again, but are, you a, are they a side that you think that we should be looking at and trying to catch up points-wise and trying to overtake? Or do you think that yeah, they, they do have enough to try and, to try and step on? Because, sorry, Carver, to try and come in, Sorry to say it, I don't think it's going to be enough to to try and get enough goals for them because they, they're struggling to score at the moment anyway. No, definitely. Um, well, they were linked with Joe Bennett, weren't they? In a weird sort mm. of swap move with Mark Harris, who's one of their forward players, which, I mean, most Wigan fans would have loved that because it's fair to say Joe Bennett's reputation has gone pretty swiftly downhill at the DW this season. No, I, I agree. Look, it's a shame that we can't play them because feel like they're only getting weaker as the season goes on. It's not a very big squad. They haven't been able to add to it. I saw yesterday, was it yesterday they played Luton or Tuesday? Uh, Tuesday, I think it was on yeah. deadline day. Yeah, so they were playing uh, Jack Simpson at left-back, who is a natural centre-back and not very uh, handy at left-back, probably why they were trying to sign Joe Bennett. But yeah, I, I don't know, I feel like, well, I agree with Gab, they're definitely in my bottom three. And if we've got a game in hand on them, great. Let's hope that we can try and get some sort of a run together because they seem to be in, in really big trouble and sinking with, without a trace, really. Yeah, because yeah, if we can win that game in hand, we close the gap to just one point. So, you know, they're right, they're right there for us. And above them, they, we have Rotherham, who also came up with us from League One last season. They've played 28 games, 7 wins, 10 draws, 11 losses, scored 33 and conceded 40. So they've conceded 40 just like Blackpool have. So they've been a bit of a bit on a rocky slope this season. They've got 31 points, one win in the last five, along with two draws. So I think they've brought in, is it seven players? And they've they've kind of gone for centre backs as well. They've gone for wingers, they've gone for defensive midfielders. Again, sort of like a mixed age profile. They've got 19-year-old Leo for Hjeld, I think his name is, uh Norwegian. Mm. They've got him in at left back. He was a sensible transfer pick, Leo Fuelhelder. I was oh, good when I saw that go through. Then we've got Sean Morrison, centre-back. He's 32. Bailey Wright, centre-back. He's 30. Domingus Quina, which is 
an acquisition I think is actually pretty good for them. He's a 23-year-old centre midfielder from from Watford. Gab, how do you feel that Rotherham are doing? I know they've struggled really stepping up to the championship mm. from League One, but I think that with, they've had a bit of a downward trajectory, but I think that they might have enough now just to be able to step on and push up the table. I'm a huge fan of Rotherham's transfer business, Charlie. I think, yeah, I mean, we mentioned Sean Morrison there. He got injured, um, unfortunately, which was a real shame because he looked quite good in the first get couple of games for, for Rotherham. Then he got a big injury, so I think he's out for the season now. But they brought in Bailey Wright from Sunderland, another defender with championship experience. So no real ambiguity as to what they're looking for there. And yeah, I think Leo Hagelda started very well. And it's funny, isn't it? We're talking about Rotherham in terms of having had a good transfer window, really good, you know, great transfer window, in my opinion, despite having lost Dan Barlassa. And I think um, that shows how well they've added elsewhere. They brought in Connor Coventry, who I think is a really good, steady midfielder, very energetic, should cover a lot of ground. Queener, I think you're right to mention, is a great addition. Jordan Hugel's a striker, I think's always been very underrated at this level. Tariq Fosu, I think, is a really sort of skillful attacking player as well. I think that he'd probably be at a bigger championship club if it weren't for going to Brentford, where he wasn't going to be quite good enough for what they wanted, but more than good enough to, to hold his own in a relegation dogfight in the championship. So all in all, I think you've got to be incredibly impressed. And and I probably didn't see Rotherham having this sort of window because, uh, you know, we, we always associate Rotherham with a small budget at this level, and that's maybe what's held them back. They've been able to push the boat out in January, and I think they could reap the war- rewards of that. Yeah, I mean, I, I personally thought that when we're coming into the league, and obviously not to throw in a bit of a Wigan bias, I always thought that... Sunderland were going to be the better of the three that were going to come up with us just because the size of the club, you know, they they just have got a big budget as well. And I know that a lot sure. of Wigan fans like to, to snap at them, but they just are a big club and there's nothing we can really say to counter it. I really thought that we were going to be the second best team within the three and rather than we're going to be the ones that struggle, but... It sort of flipped us to to us being in being that bottom team. So I think that Rotherham, you know, I am impressed with them. I wasn't too impressed with them last season. I just thought that they were they were all right. But no, I think that they might have enough. But Dan, how do you feel about Rotherham this season? And do you think that they can sort of push on, given that they've they've conceded forty sort of like Blackpool and they might be on the way down? Yeah, well, it's it's mad to say the Rotherham game that we beat them was actually the last win I've seen, and that was the first of October. So in that sense, um. The, the lasting image of Rotherham in my head is a team that somehow lost to Wigan. No, the, these additions are, are very good. I think they've had comfortably the best window of the, the bottom six or arguably the championship as a whole in terms of squad before and after. And that's even with the loss of Dan Barlasser, who has been, too, well, too good for Rotherham for a couple of seasons now, you could argue. Yeah, the, the Connor Coventry edition another option that i wrote about in my articles as well so there's someone at the club reading them unfortunately unfortunately (laughs) not the right one but anyway i'm worried about them i would say they've given themselves the best chance of staying up which at this point in the season is all you can really do like we say perhaps not the best budget or the biggest budget but they've stretched it as best they can yeah like i say giving themselves a good chance of staying up and i know that we do have to play them at the dw as well so that'll be a really really big game because well they'll be out for revenge after we beat them at the uh, New York Stadium and yeah they've got a much better squad now as well as a game I'm really really looking forward to to be honest but then I want to get on to the final of the bottom six which is Birmingham City they're in 19th 28 games played 8 wins 8 draws 
12 losses, scored 30, conceded 35, and they have not won a game. They haven't drawn a game in the last five. They're on a bounce of five losses in a row. So they're really struggling. But in January, they've they've signed three new players. They've got uh, one in on loan and two in on permanent transfers. They brought in Emmanuel Langello, 22 years old from West Ham. Reddy Kadra from Brighton. They brought him on loan. He's an attacking midfielder. He is 21 years old. And Kevin Long, a 32-year-old centre-back from Burnley. How do you feel, Gab, about Birmingham? Because obviously they need to start rolling this dice now because mm. they're on a run of five, you know, five losses in a row. They're, start, they're starting to come right down this table, so they needed to make a move. But do you think that the three players that brought in are going to be enough? I don't know, Charlie, because since we returned from the World Cup, um, as a Birmingham fan, I've been pretty concerned by just the massive drop-off in performances. And it, this team looks a little bit unrecognisable from the side that was kind of challenging in the top half of the table up until around November. Luckily, we've built up a bit of a, a you know, a bit of a cushion because of our form before the World Cup interlude. But still, we've got a lot of work to do. Riddicadra looks like a, a good loan signing. He started well. He looks quite bright. But apart from that, I don't know if it's going to be enough. I don't see Kevin Long making a huge impact. And obviously we've converted the Langello loan into a permanent, so not a new signing as such. But yeah, I, I, I look at the window Rotherham have had and I'm probably a little bit envious in a way. So yeah, a bit concerned about Blues. And I, do you know what? I mean, you know, when Wigan beat Hull 8-0, you know, in the second half of the 1920 season, Hull were sort of 8th or ninth on New Year's Day. And then they just dropped like a stone. And I'm kind of a little bit worried that Blues might do something similar from a pessimistic point of view. But uh, John Eustace, for you know much of the season so far, has done a good job with limited resources. But I'm just a bit worried that the lack of depth is kind of catching up with us. So definitely, I think, you know, if I was in your shoes or Huddersfield or Blackpool's, I, um, I would think Blues are a team we can catch. Yeah, and I think at this point in the season as well, if you've if you've had a bit of a you know disappointing run up till January, and then you feel like you haven't really recruited enough in January, you are just out for the dogs to come and try and get you in the championship. It's a, it's a really dog eat dog league, and if you don't get it right, it will chew you up and spit you out. As as we know, Dan, we've we've been here before, and we've been a bit of a yo yo club. So, how do you feel yeah. about Birmingham, and do you think that they're a team we should really now, you know? Sean Maloney should be driving full force and trying to get into these players. Look, they're there to be had. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Gab's absolutely right to mention that whole team from the nineteen twenty season because that was when they lost. Uh, they lost Jared Bowen in January, didn't they? And then and Kamel Grosicki. That's the one. Yeah. So ever since that, they just went absolutely downhill, and I, I'm really quite surprised because I think in terms of first elevens, like when every player's fit. Birmingham are really quite good in in my opinion. I like Chong. I like the the midfield pairing of uh, Hannibal and and Bielk. Deeney's obviously a good striker. Hogan, but the problem is what comes below that. There's obviously not much depth. It's very reliant on youth. Players like Kevin Long at the back will will help that. But yeah, three additions is not ideal. You wouldn't say. And yeah, with Rotherham doing business, it's um it it's going to be tough for Birmingham. I I do see them being involved in the relegation battle but like I say I think they they have enough quality in that first team assuming no one gets injured that they should be okay it's interesting actually you mentioned Dan the reliance on youth because I think you're right to point it out like we've got a lot of teenagers on the bench in most games we've also got players and I'd probably put Kevin Long in this category of players like 
Luka Zhukovic and Jordan Graham, who just either a little bit past their best or aren't quite at the level that's required. And and that means that theirs can be a big drop off in quality, which is not so much of a problem if you're playing really well and you just need someone to come off the bench for 10 minutes. But when you're looking for people to actually change games, then you can come up a little bit short. So that'll be the worry for us. I think that what what sort of gives me a bit of help with Birmingham, especially if this, you know, they can kick on after this January window, that they can get the, the team playing quite well again, is that you've picked up 17 points at home and 15 away. And usually you see a team like Wigan have only picked up nine points at home, but 16 away. You know, our home form has been terrible, but our away form at the start of the season was kind of keeping us up. Birmingham seem to be consistently, you know, they're picking up points at home and away. So once you really start to click it and once, you know, these players who who can come in or even players that are still at your squad, like your Joby Bellingham and Tahi Chong and Mabry, once they can start clicking again, I, I do think that you might be all right just because of, like you say, the form before the World Cup compared to this one that you're on at the minute might have just boosted you a little bit. Yeah, I agree with that. So... With Wigan Athletic as well, it got announced today that Gwian Edwards has ended up going to Ross County on loan. He's joined Josh Stones over there as well at Malcolm Mackay's old side. He was due for a medical, I believe, at Charlton Athletic. I don't know what happened there, but I don't think that they're really going through a bit of a, a great time at the minute at Charlton. Dan, do you think that Gwian Edwards leaving is enough of, of the players that you know we kind of hoped that would be released at this point? Do you think that Gwian Edwards, first off, it was right for him to go? And do you think that there's other players that really we could have we could have shifted? We definitely should have shifted more players, but that would have been in tandem with signing more players. So I would have said, sure, get rid of Bennett, but we need a left back. Or maybe let one of the goalkeepers go, but we need a new goalkeeper. The fact that neither of those positions were filled then makes me think, well, we might as well just keep them around. They're better than better than nothing. Uh, that's very close, annoyingly close. So yeah, I I don't mind seeing Gwen Edwards go. Strange that the, the charter move seemed to involve Corey Blackett Taylor from what I've read on a, a few different articles and whatnot. So that would have been interesting because he was on trial with us at the start of last season. And then ironically, we didn't sign him, signed Jordan Jones instead. And now it looks like he's been recalled. We're stacked for numbers in attacking areas. Whether we're stacked in quality is a is a different matter entirely. I still think people at Anthony Scully not getting a look in is a bit ridiculous. If we're so desperate to improve attacking areas, yet we've got someone untested and not being given a good enough go just sat there that does feel a bit strange yeah to answer your question on Graham Edwards it's right to let him go and I don't think we're going to miss him too much to be honest yeah and like you mentioned there Jordan Jones is on his way back from Kilmarnock he's kind of been in and out of the squad he's not really I don't think he's really impressed all too much up at Kilmarnock but as a, as a whole side they are they are struggling then we had other players as well Stephen Humphreys definitely is staying at Hearts until the end of the season if not staying and they're going to try and table a bid for him to keep him there he seems to be loved by the fans over there Jamie McGrath at Dundee United I really thought that potentially he could be a player that we were going to try and recall but I think that the recall option passed Graham Shinney ended up going out to Aberdeen and they've had a really really tough time their manager got sacked after a 6-0 defeat the other day then they lost 1-0 to St Mirren after that so were there any other plays that you were hoping for us to recall alongside Jordan Jones and if was Jordan Jones a play that you really wanted us to recall anyway in that list I mean to be honest if you gave me a choice of 
Jones, Humphreys and McGrath, Jones would comfortably have been third in the in the recall list. That being said, I'm perfectly happy for him to come back because I did feel like he was he was dealt a pretty tough hand last season. I, I didn't actually mind him whenever I, I watched him play, which obviously most of his minutes came at the very beginning of the season. And I thought he was fine. Then he just disappeared. He became, you know, there's always a player that has a six-month spell at Wigan that disappears off the face of the earth and then ends up on loan in Scotland. And it was... It was or Amiyazaki. Amiyazaki. Yeah, right. exactly. Unfortunately, none of these have had as good a six months as Amazaki had. That would have been ideal if they did. Yeah, Jones was the was the first six months. Then it was McGrath. Now it's been Scully. So McGrath, maybe I would have brought back. But I think Sinani kind of fills that position and you could argue is a, is an upgrade or not an upgrade, but a better player. And I wouldn't have brought Humphreys back, which might be a sort of unpopular opinion. But I don't know, I just feel like he, like you say, he's so loved at heart and there is so much, you know, we're not in a, the best position ourselves. So to take someone out of a, a European fight at heart and then say, right, you've been playing with good players now, let's, let's get you in this relegation scrap and you probably won't be guaranteed game time like 100%. I just think it, it doesn't really make sense and keep him there. If he has a good season or a good second half of the season and they want to sign him, we hold the cards and we can say, right, thank you very much. This is his fee. Pay it or we keep him. And it it sort of goes like that, yeah. I wouldn't really have minded recalling all three or not recalling all three, to be honest. it was. I don't think it was as big an issue as some supporters made it out. Yeah, I do think there's definitely a lot more to, to come from Jordan Jones, and I don't think that he's right to completely write him off. Like you say, he went a bit quiet when he was here, but there was also talk that there was something going on, you know, animosity-wise, maybe between him and the coaches at the time. So I'm not, I'm not going to hold him to what happened welcome him back and, and hopefully he can do well but thank you Gab for coming on we really appreciate obviously your input and I hope that we can catch up Birmingham City and, and give it a real good fight until the end of the season <laughs> well we share the um, unlikely cup winners tag don't we so uh, that's always good um, yeah no great to chat uh, all the best with the podcast and you do some great stuff for people listening heard me for the first time you can uh, drop me a follow on Twitter at Gab Sutton uh, where I talk about all things things uh, EFL have lots of conversation starters for your EFL team so feel free to uh, get involved with that at Gab Sutton. I also have a show called EFL Debate. Charlie's on, been on that before where we talk about all things EFL. Sometimes it's discussions with uh, with fans which we have on Wednesday and Thursday nights. Other times we have uh, interviews with managers. Hopefully a few more coming up in the next few months. So go follow me on Twitter at Gab Sutton and for the hashtag EFL debate. Yeah, definitely go and do that. Gab's knowledge of the Football League is second to none. It is brilliant. So everybody go and go and follow Gab and, and watch the EFL debate as well. And Dan, obviously, thank you again for, for coming on. Definitely won't be the last time, but I really appreciated your articles on Talking Wigan, talking about the transfers. And obviously we spoke about it on the Progress of Unity podcast as well. They are just a brilliant insight for, for Wigan fans to read. No, thank you very much, Charlie. I've enjoyed coming on these past few times. And uh, yeah, like you say, anyone can find me on uh, talkingwigan.com where I'll be giving my opinions on everything Wigan. Some of it good, some of it bad, some of it high voltage, some of it a li- little bit more chill if I've uh, if I had a day after the game to sort of relax a little bit. And yeah, you'll probably find me in the replies of Gab's tweets as well, moaning about Wigan. I'm usually in there. So uh, yeah, thanks again for having me on. I'm usually in them replies as well, so it's all right. We'll, we'll do it together. <laughs> Brilliant, thank you. 
I just want to thank Dan and Gab for coming on the podcast again. I really enjoyed that chat that we had this morning. And after everything that we've said, I want to look through now to the upcoming fixtures for Wigan Athletic and the run that we really have till the end of the season. I think there's going to be 10 games that we play now until the next international break. And it starts off on Monday night where we play Blackburn Rovers. I'm going to have a full match preview coming up for it, but just looking straight at Blackburn Rovers' transfer activity in January... They only brought in Sorber Thomas, who is coming in on loan from Huddersfield Town, who are obviously in the relegation scrap with us. We beat them earlier in the season 1-0, which was our last clean sheet, and hopefully we can gain a bit of confidence again in this side and, and push on for another victory against them. Straight after that, we have Huddersfield Town. That is a massive game for us, as we've spoken about. They've recruited pretty well, and I certainly think that with the the recruits that we've made, and if we want to try and get three points to push on to safety with, with the team that we now have, that game is a must-win for Wigan. You know, we beat them earlier in the season at the John Smith Stadium. We've got to beat them again at the DW because then to try and get six points over Huddersfield is, is obviously going to help us massively. But I think that is everything that I wanted to cover in this podcast. I think that's a pretty comprehensive review of the January transfer window for the bottom six and in, obviously including Wigan Athletics. So I will be back on Saturday with the match preview for the Blackburn game Ewood Park, which is on Monday night. As always, you can find all of the updates and obviously my thoughts and feelings on Wigan Athletic over on Twitter at Central Wigan you can also subscribe to our Substack, which is centralwigan.substack.com there we're just putting all the match previews match reviews and any big news coming out of the club as well that is a newsletter straight to your email which you can subscribe to but that is everything from me make sure you go and follow Gab and Dan on Twitter as well but no overall happy with the January transfer window and I think that we're in for a good end to the season so up the ticks <laughs>